This is TV Podcast Industries with our review of TV in 2020. Happy New Year, industrialists. This is TV Podcast Industries. We're back with our now annual review of TV, uh, this time talking about 2020 and some upcoming shows for 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow listeners. I'm one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out the trio, I am Chris. We were going to call this a review of 2020, but we just thought no one would listen. Absolutely, So it's yeah. now a review of TV. <laughs> I wanted to make sure TV is in there. Yes, what a <laughs> year. Um, yeah, 2020 has been a tough year for everyone. We know this. Uh, we know it's been difficult for everybody. We've tried to avoid, our, well, we've tried our best, really, to avoid talking about this global pandemic. Uh, we know it's been difficult for everybody, but we know, hopefully, and we've heard from a lot of our listeners, that the show has kind of helped them get through some of the difficult times this year. So we're not going to talk about the pandemic or the C word, as I've been calling it. Um, we're not going to talk about it all. We just hope you stay safe, hope that you and your family are, are keeping clear and keeping safe, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy this chat through all the TV for this year, because I suppose one of the benefits of this year is more TV has been watched this year, I think, than any other year uh, in the past. Everybody's been watching streaming services, everybody's been watching so many TV shows. Uh, we're going to go through some of the shows that we covered on TV Podcast Industries, some of the things that we didn't get to cover this year, uh, and then some of the things we're going to be talking about uh, over the course of 2021 as well. Uh, I know there's been lots and lots, as I say, lots and lots of TV watched this year. Uh, guys, overall, what did you think of this year's TV? Yeah, I thought I th- it was pretty good. Um, really enjoyed the shows that we covered. Um, certainly ones I wish we had covered. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I thought, to be honest, I got into a lot of shows that I wouldn't have normally watched because, um, yeah, we were in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a, st- a statistic that came out uh, during the start of this pandemic where people were going back to shows that had been released a long time ago because it felt comfortable and safe to watch something that you'd seen before and knew how it ended and knew that it ended well, that kind of stuff. So I know we revisited a few shows uh, that we hadn't seen in a long time as well. I know we're rewatching at the moment Game of Thrones, um, which has been great fun. We were rewatching the last uh, five seasons of that. Uh, so uh, that's been great fun. Yeah. Um, Chris, anything that, that you've been rewatching uh, this year? Anything that's, uh, that you had had seen before and rewatched this year? A hundred percent. So... Uh, good place. Oh yeah, went through all of that. Um, we again. I went through all of how I met your mother. I went through all of um, Big Bang Theory. Wow. I went through all of yeah. what else have I gone through? You poor thing, Chris. You didn't need to put yourself through all those horrible shows just because you were no, going through a pandemic. Th- th- so again, <laughs> safe space, I, safe space, yeah. safe space, comfort, <laughs> comfort blanket. Yeah, that w- that was really it. But then again, I also took the time to focus on a couple of shows that just like lighthearted. So some new ones, but just lightheartedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- anything that just like nothing that was serious. I just, especially in the first, say five months of 2020, I spent the year just kind of going, do you know what? No, I, I, I can't do the serious drama. Sir, the world's going to end. No. Yeah, I I think the Um, world was was with you on that. I think uh, Schitt's Creek has probably been the biggest benefactor of of this. There's five seasons of that show. um, Yes. And 
They were up on Netflix, and I think everybody I know seemed to be jumping in and out of watching season after season of that. And it's been, it's it's such a fun show just to kind of roll through. It was, was really good. Before we get into our discussion about everything we've covered in 2020, we want to say a huge thank you to all of our lovely supporters over on Patreon. Uh, most recently, Kevin Smith and Off-White Saver joined us as supporters over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, over on Patreon, Kevin and Off-White Saviour. Kevin does spell his name differently from Kevin Smith, the uh, very, very famous uh, director and podcaster. Uh, Or he is Kevin Smith just supporting every single podcaster out there, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a pseudonym. It's Kevin Smith is a pseudonym of Kevin Smith. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But no, thank you very much, guys. I really do appreciate uh, all of our Patreon supporters. Just like, I will now read out a couple of names, like Heather Wallace. Thank you so much. Parthenier Locklear. Thank you. Skyrocker. You keep rocking. Damien Roberts. You are the Damien to my Bruce Wayne. <laughs> William Boggs. You are not the Bog. You are the Biggs. Yeah, you're the Biggs. There you go. That's a good one. Donald Dennis. The Big Double D. The Daredevil. Mariana Mo- Morris. The MM. I have to say, you guys are like... Like, literally, Stan Lee named you all. All the DDs and the MMs. Also, like Jimmy Aaron, you are the Jimmy to our Clark Kent. Thank you. Well, thank you, Chris, for, for all of those, because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're not supposed to... I'm just supposed to name them. Just name them. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, continuing with our roll call of Patreon supporters for 2020, uh, a big shout-out and thanks to Angie Aarhus, Lisa Svet, uh, Franca Montevego, Cassandra McIntosh, Jenny V, Alice Bowler, Rich, and Jessica Batras. And of course, the wonderful Dr. Bob Phillips, Steve Brown, Amy Fitzgerald, Into the Night, The Moon Knight Podcast, John Aaron Dix, Stuart Campbell, and Claire Payne. Thank you so much to all of our supporters. We know how difficult 2020 is. We say it multiple times throughout this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, but thanks so much for your support throughout the year. It really has helped us out. Things like we got a new computer this year. We uh, got a new mic uh, for Chris. We got a new mixer for the podcast as well. So uh, all of all of the money that has been uh, sent to us through our patrons has gone back into making the podcast as good as it possibly can be. Yeah, thanks so much to everyone. Uh, it, it really is nice to have your support and it's really appreciated it's also a big shout out uh, for all the support to all the listeners as well who've just literally subscribed to the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so big thanks. Yes, thank you so much, guys. You really are the power that keeps our engine going, the hamster in the wheel that keeps the podcast mics running. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. I'm no longer the hamster. Thank you very much, patrons. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the rat in the maze. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> But let's talk about the shows that TV Podcast Industries did uh, this year. We have recorded 81 podcasts this year. There's only 52 weeks in a year, obviously, as everybody knows, even this year, uh, which felt like we had about 652 weeks this year. But we still recorded 81 podcasts this year. Uh, One less podcast that we did in 2019, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? Because we did some merging together of some episodes of shows. We normally do one, one podcast episode for one episode of a show, whereas this year we actually did quite a few shows across one episode so three or four episodes combined i suppose yeah uh, so i was quite surprised when i put the number together it was one less than uh, than 2019 i'm not working you guys hard enough this year uh, give me a <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Let's hold back on that opinion for a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Overall, we covered eight series. We covered two movies. Uh, oh, three movies this year. Apologies. Um, so we covered The Witcher. We covered Star Trek Picard. Uh, Penny Dreadful seasons one to three. Uh, Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Umbrella Academy season two. Lovecraft Country. The Boys season two. And most recently, we've been doing uh, Pennyworth season two. And we also covered the two Wonder Woman movies uh, this year as well. So uh, there's lots of content uh, that we did but what's most interesting i suppose in 2020 for us as a podcast this was the first year we had no marvel at all within our schedule yeah, yeah i guess that's it the, the the schedule disruption right at the start probably also accounts for the one less podcast <laughs> i guess but also it was kind of like well we need to find some other shows i so. yeah exactly Derek. yes i do believe we've gotten one episode the, the hidden episode, the mystery episode of 2020, uh-huh. was the Umbrella Academy Season 1 recap. That's right. not included. Excellent. So we broke even. So we are, we oh. are trending equal. And <laughs> I can put us over the top. If you're a Patreon subscriber, we also covered Captain America Winter Soldier this year. So we've done 83 episodes then. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that's got us to 83. Brilliant. I am working you hard enough. 83 and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to tell us what's your favourite thing? that we covered this year what's the one thing that really stood out as your favorite show chris anything that stands out to you as uh, the big show we covered this year probably recency bias helps with this mm-hmm. to a degree but the boys season two for me was one of the standout moments uh-huh. standout tv for me um the, it could have gone either way it could have really gone downhill uh-huh. uh see in season two they could have leaned too hard into xyz and made it too violent or too crass or too this or too that. It was still just perfect. Yeah. Um, so for me, the boys technically is winning that spot, but I will say it's like the Witcher season one. I actually only recently, I think it was probably some point over Christmas. There was photos of Henry Cavill kind of out, out on his Instagram posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. And I went, Oh yeah, he filmed or nearly finished filming season two. Yeah. So that's juice, or I think he he took a break. Maybe they're going back in kind of January. But it was just like, oh yeah, that's going to be soon. Oh uh, yeah, we that ended well. Yeah. Oh yeah, they 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 set it up for a really interesting season two. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh, and then yeah. So the, the, if I had gun to the head, it would have to be boys season two. But then I'm like, oh Witcher, yeah, that could be. Mm, that was up there. Uh huh. Yeah, um, I really like Witcher. I have to say. Um, I think Henry Cavill didn't he get injured? That's why he had to. There were a couple well, of things. Be... We will talk about that in the upcoming shows uh, okay. that we're going to be covering when we're talking about uh, some things that have happened. The Witcher, uh, because there's magic involved and because there's loads of CGI in the show, the filming process followed by the post-production process is a long time in comparison to some of the other shows that we cover. Um, but mm. they did start and stop because of COVID. Uh, some actors had to be replaced because they were they were lost from production. Uh, but they did start and stop production in the last few months. So I actually don't know where they are, whether they've actually finished production. I don't think they have. I think they still have uh, some filming to do there uh, yeah you're right I think uh, Henry Cavill did get injured at one point as well but uh, I would have to check that to confirm I don't want to spread rumors uh, about Henry Cavill just in case he didn't get injured <laughs> uh, how, I do hope they found the actors though 
if they've lost them, like, do, like <laughs> is it under the car seat or is it like in between the cushions? Well, no, no. We know one of our favorite characters from uh, from Game of Thrones, one of our favorite actors from uh, from the final seasons of Game of Thrones, was working on uh, on The Witcher season two, and unfortunately had to give up his place uh, and get replaced by another ca- another actor uh, when he unfortunately ca- contracted COVID. So. Uh, I said I wasn't going to mention the C word, and you made me mention it already, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you mentioned it. We didn't say. <laughs> yeah, we didn't say anything. <laughs> John, anything that stands out to you this year? Um, and for me, I it was Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow. um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I love all the characters in that, and I actually mm-hmm. thought they 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 brought them out even more. And set it up really well f- with the Sparrow Academy and that kind of alternate kind of timeline, mm. I guess. So I, I really enjoyed um, Umbrella Academy season yeah. two. Uh, so much was, better than season one. It was yeah. full of laughs. Um, great. Just really great. And I think then that teed up the boys season two. So hype for that as well. Um, I think the one that maybe we normally wouldn't have covered on um, in, in previous years, because, you know, we, we did, we, we went different directions. Um, I think Lovecraft Country just absolutely tuned into my, um, horror and, uh, sort of angle. And I loved that. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, definitely Lovecraft Country was my standout show of the year. I wasn't expecting it. In this, and two years in a row now, a show we weren't expected to cover came onto HBO. We covered it and I've ended off at the end of the year. I'd probably put that as probably my number one show of the year. I loved Lovecraft Country. I love horror. I love history. And I loved what they did on this show, kind of telling a real, a really realistic story along with some amazing supernatural elements in the show. It felt like a different, a different show every single week. And we had no idea what we were going to be covering. Uh, we spent a lot of time researching, uh, what we were covering, seeing the actual historical facts. And that, that felt like a really different thing to do. Whereas normally you'd read comic books or you know the characters from, from comic books for the shows that we cover uh, and we kind of come into it with that kind of perspective but I had no idea what to expect from Lovecraft Country even though I was reading the book at the time so <laughs> but it was a great show really really enjoyed it uh, Boys Season 2 was great fun too uh, our biggest show uh, probably ever um, we had covered Boys Season 1 and it was very popular for us originally but I think because we'd done that and then went in and covered Season 2 people found our podcast uh, very easily because we'd already done the first season Um and we got to number 25 in the, in all time after shows, uh, in the US for that show, which is, I think, amazing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as our little podcast great. out of Ireland. I think it was quite a massive achievement. And we all had fun, uh, talking about the show as well. So that was, uh, that was really enjoyable, uh, overall. Yeah. And any show that has love sausage in it, you, you, you gotta give props to, like, not, not only just the, the, the becoming 25th, but, um, yeah. Just fantastic. And we got great feedback from our listeners on the on the boys as well. Everybody was really enjoying that show. It was great to have that show coming out every week as well so that everybody could uh, could watch along uh, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I kind of did like the trend as well to uh, releasing on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That That's becoming more of a thing, even on the, the streaming services. There's still, you know, dumping, yeah. for sure. The Braille um, Academy. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I really like that they are doing it on a weekly basis. I think it's just certainly, I think for a podcast, having that weekly engagement Mm -hmm. is, is really good um, compared to having sort of that just engagement in a massive concentrated moment in time. And then, okay, you, you keep the engagement, but certainly 
it changes the dynamic of the the podcast. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think the boys did their first four episodes, wasn't it? First or first three episodes released in a day and then mm. they went weekly after that, which gave people a nice little binge binge amount and then go weekly afterwards. Um I thought it was really it was really interesting to do. There's a couple of other shows that really succeeded this year by going weekly as well, uh, which we didn't talk about, but we will talk about in the shows we didn't cover in twenty twenty uh, in a moment. Um one last shout out that I'll give, uh, covering Penny Dreadful, the original three seasons this year, something that we've never really done before, going back to a cancelled show, watching it and uh, covering every single episode was so much fun. Uh, as a show, both myself and John absolutely loved Penny Dreadful when it was on originally and going back and rewatching it and talking about it, just in short kind of snippets uh, was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. This well, show. yeah, it started off as short snippets, but then the episodes <laughs> are so <laughs> filled with information that uh, it, it became a, a bit more than that. Yeah, that was a great nostalgia trip for me. Yeah. I think because um, I, I loved the show originally. I, just the concept of it was great. And loved that, and I always got hooked with the opening uh, music. Uh, just so good. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think if I was doing another show like that, I'd probably do Hannibal because we did cover season three. Mm-hmm. Definitely late to the game there, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed Hannibal yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot. Absolutely. That and the shows we covered this year. Um, we only, as I said, we only did four movies this year. Uh, I think I was only in the cinema, um, three times this year. Uh, and I think we podcast about all of them. No, we didn't podcast about Tenet. Uh, that was the one movie we didn't podcast about that I went to the cinema to see. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so yeah, all the rest that we went just for the podcast. Um, but good films in the cinema though. At least we had a bit of fun with, uh, with Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey with, uh, Wonder Woman 84, which we got to see in the cinema with 10 people, um, to be (laughs) ultra safe. Uh, and we also went to see Tenet in the biggest screen in Ireland, uh, in the IMAX cinema in Ireland. And there was only 23 people in the entire cinema, as far as I know, uh, because they were again, uh, keeping people really safe. Uh, Were you counting them? I had to, yes. I had to know how many people were fitting into the massive (laughs) cinema in Dublin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have only seen Birds of Prey in the cinema this yes, year. Yes, that was. Unfortunately, missed Wonder Woman um, in the cinema, uh-huh. but did get to see it, which was fantastic. Um, and then tennis. I'm trying to convince my uh, missus that we should watch it, but uh, as she says, right now it is too. Bang, bang, blowy, blowy up, blowy up for her. Uh, and then as soon as I, she asked who the lead actor was, and I said, oh, it's his name's protagonist. She went, nope. So it is one that I get to watch by myself, apparently. Uh, so just trying to find a time. John David Washington is fantastic in the film. Definitely worth watching. And Robert Pattinson is also in there. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, really, really, really recommend Tennis. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's out uh, streaming services from the 4th of January. So I'm definitely, definitely going to be watching that again. Yes. Let's pop over to you, our wonderful listeners. I popped up a poll uh, over on Twitter and on our Facebook group uh, about the shows that we covered this year. Which ones were your favorite? What do you guys think? I, I think there is a clear winner uh, of of our polls. Uh, <laughs> uh, on surprisingly, uh, the boys came out on top with about fifty percent of uh, of people who voted uh, saying that the boys were their favorite show. Uh, so on both Twitter and Facebook as well, uh, it seems like the boys came out on top. Most interestingly, though, I think uh, I was surprised to see The Witcher coming out in second place on both posts. Yeah. I know The Witcher is a really popular show, but that was two episodes of our podcast out of the 83 podcasts that we did in uh, in 2020. Yeah. So uh, I was surprised. And 
I, they were chunky episodes. They like, we were. really did go into kind of most of each of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and it had Henry and Cavill. Swore, yeah. And yeah. we swore that we were like, no, no, we're going to do two episodes. We're going to do it quick <laughs> and easy. Yeah. And I think one of them we were like, okay, this is coming on three hours now, people. We need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And Henry Cavill is, you know, uh, swole. It's, it's just great swall i've never heard of that what's swall? what's swall? He's just like beefy the latest photo of him is just in the gym and he's, he's like his biceps have biceps now I know. And i'm just like god dude you're making the rest of us look and, oh. and he's in and like, i'm sitting there with my like third turkey leg just kind of like oh. <laughs> I, I i genuinely think that video of him building his home pc has had more views than uh, than the witcher has uh, <laughs> yeah a, a really good looking nerd uh, and he's superman as well like you know what else what else does he need really <laughs> uh, but yes it, i i will be the one person to say uh, second half of the witcher Really enjoyed first half of The Witcher. Not a big fan of. I'm glad it ended really well, and I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, I know you guys both uh, both enjoyed it a bit more than I did, but I was just quite intrigued to see how high that was up in our in our rankings across uh, across both of our of our polls. Basically, uh, Lovecraft Country came in at number three, uh, which I'm really happy with. I know we got a lot of great. Um, listeners for that podcast as well. Some people that would never have listened to our podcast before popped on board to, uh, to this, to our coverage of Lovecraft Country. So, uh, lots of appreciation there to our, uh, our wonderful listeners. Yeah. It's kind of a joint third here with Star Trek Picard yeah. and Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can I talk about one which I'm still shocked about? Picard. Looking back on it now, time, uh-huh. like, we've, we've had the discussion. It, it's, I was expecting maybe it was going to be like a fine wine, maybe it aged over time and we can, we would be fine with it. So I actually did it, I started, I started a rewatch of it, mm-hmm. um, over when, uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, because when I sat down with my wife, she, we were trying to figure out what, what shows to watch over the, 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 the lockdown, the mm-hmm. very first lockdown. And, but I, I suggested Picard and we started rewatching. It didn't age how I thought it would. Uh-huh. In, in when I say age, on the second <laughs> it's only rewatch, seven actually, months. <laughs> I know, and it's like this would actually would be my third rewatch because we usually watch the episodes twice yeah. just before we record. So these were my third. I was like, no. So I'm I'm surprised. I I suppose I expected it now looking back to be better than it was, mm-hmm. and I, I have huge hopes for season two based on some of the writers I know who they brought in for season two yeah. of Picard, including like Mark Bernardin uh, and a few others uh, that I, the, who probably would not know the names of, but are kind of very well known for coming in and really tweaking certain things. Mm-hmm. So I have, again, high hopes for season two. When we'll get that will be interesting because yeah. uh, they, their lead character is literally the epitome of a vulnerable group well yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely i know i know so, filming was supposed to have started on uh, on star trek picard it's a good a good point that you mentioned this chris i was going to talk about the kind of disappointments of uh of 2020 okay. uh, in tv and i would say again weirdly picard in a di- in a different for a different reason uh, and in a different way the show itself was fine um it sh- it could have been better and i understand yeah. that um there's definitely an episode in there that really needed to go back to the writers for uh, to, to yeah, be definitely. restructured. Um, 
but I'm really excited to see a second season of that show. The characters are now set. We have uh, some intriguing ideas for the plot and some some really uh, interesting characterizations. But part of the reason why we didn't cover Star Trek Discovery this year, which was also on the slate of shows that we were going to put into our podcast this year, part of the reason was some of the interactions on Star Trek Picard um, that we got during this year were shocking to me yeah. uh, i'm responsible for the social media side of of the podcast as well the, the posting of it and trying to kind of promote it and trying to get interactions with fans but wow i was shocked at star trek a show i've loved since i was a kid the divisiveness from some people that are in there once they see the star trek hashtag they kind of just don't want you in their community there's loads of great fans out there and we had some great listeners uh, yes. who who were sending yeah, great absolutely. feedback to us but Wow, the divisiveness that's in there in Star Trek. I just didn't even want to wade into that again uh, when Star Trek yeah. Discovery was coming out. I was kind of going, I've got to stick clear of this. I'm just enjoying a TV show, which is has a really positive message of working together by the end of the show. Um, this really <laughs> positive message about everybody should be working together to create a better future. And there's just people tearing it apart all over the place. And I just didn't yeah. want to wade into it again. That was my biggest kind of disappointment in 2020 because I went to see the premiere of... Uh, Star Trek Picard last year, I was really hyped for that show and kind of thinking, this is something that's bringing back a character that's really beloved to all these fans. It's going to reunite this community that's been divided by, you know, not my Star Trek kind of attitude. Once it came out, it was like, it just seemed to be destroyed by this this group of people that just don't want to watch it, don't want anything new. They didn't seem to get the message from what Star Trek was trying to tell them when they were kids. I, I don't know how they grew up with this idea that everybody should be attacking each other, but I, I find that really difficult last year. Well, and because it's a positive message, it gets caught up in this idea of culture wars, I guess. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, it's not the only one. Um, it, it happened with can happen with a whole range of things. <laughs> it happened with the boys, and I, I still haven't read out our review on, uh, on oh, yeah, iTunes yeah, yeah. of uh, what somebody <laughs> thought the boys should have meant. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. we had a few moments this year. Yeah, some of our listeners do every now and again. Go, what? Why are we? Why would you not cover this? Oh, yeah. and this or this? And we we give our answers. Usually, it's potentially majority of the time it's time. Yeah, All of exactly. Full time jobs. This is our hobby, and we now it doesn't feel like a job or it doesn't feel like work. It's just a it's a hobby. It doesn't feel like anything. We enjoy doing this. Yeah. Um, the problem being sometimes is when you look at the as you said perfectly the divisiveness uh-huh. the dis- online discourse discussion of some of these shows. It's like no, I don't want to ruin my own viewing of this by wading <laughs> in on this. Yeah. Um, because as soon as we kind of walk in towards the quagmire, uh-huh. that is this, the, the discussion of some of these topics, we, we've, we've gone back and forth a lot on some of the Star Wars stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to discuss it online because do you know what? I enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of them. And I'm afraid uh-huh. that if we have to get in that discussion, I think it will hurt. But anyway. <laughs> but yes, I think you're right on the disappointment. It's the right discussion, the right term. Yeah, yeah that that was a, that was a bit of a, a bit of a shame um, for 2020 because I really enjoyed the show. I loved seeing um, Jean Luc Picard back on screens. It was really really cool seeing Patrick Stewart take on that role again. Seeing you know some of the some of the stuff that uh, I loved in Star Trek: Next Generation coming, uh, yeah. getting a new kind of lease of life. And I'll say it again, I love Discovery. I think it's one of my favorite shows on TV. 
And I would love to have covered Star Trek Discovery on here, but I just didn't want to wade back into that this year. We'll wade back into it when Star Trek Picard season To be honest, the, the Star Trek world is really mm. strong at the moment. It is. And it? Like, even with lower decks, I love oh, that. Oh, God, um, yes. So it's good. Fun, yeah. um, Picard, you know, w- was good. I loved the Romulan slant to it. Uh-huh. As you say, there was the one episode where it was just like, okay, this has made everything else make no sense, uh-huh. almost. Um, and then Discovery... Yeah, I just wish we had kind of covered it from season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think jumping into it on season three, we've done that with Hannibal, and it it's a difficult one to do, yeah. uh, jumping in mid-season, I guess. Um, so, uh, show, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the Star Trek world is really strong at the moment with the, the content they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't like talking about negative stuff. But have you other disappointments from uh, from this year, guys? For me, I, I think it is Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Mm. Um, like again, I loved the show. Um, I loved the actors in it. I love what they did. Uh-huh. It feels like it was done um, in a way that was for a different time of TV. I think they needed to ramp up the supernatural stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it does feel very familiar that first season to the first season of the original Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, um, you know, having more of the supernatural stuff in there, I think would have really, really worked because there's a lot of threads in it. It's actually quite a big ensemble um, TV series. Absolutely. Uh, and because of that, you, you know, some storylines will connect with you more than others. Um, and, and I, kind of feel that maybe they focus on some more than others that I, I would have preferred to have seen other threads okay. sort of <laughs> highlighted and picked out. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was really good and I really did enjoy it. And I'm sorry that there's no second season, but yeah. I think it's because, um, yeah, it, it was almost made for a different time when the original Penny Dreadful came out where mm. you do a slow build-up. And I think now TV... Um, needs it needs that bigger impact in that first season to be sure of a second and i think yeah. uh, it's a shame really um i i just feel i wish there was more supernatural stuff yeah. um to be honest well yeah i i think there was a lot of supernatural in there and we've had we've had this discussion on the podcast a bit but i i think the challenge that i saw with it was they set something up at the beginning of the series that this is going to be supernatural and that almost exactly the same thing was shown in the last episode of that first season. <laughs> and it was kind of going, come back next time for some supernatural stuff. And the first episode had already said that. Stay with us for these 10 episodes for some supernatural stuff. <laughs> and then the end of the season was, there's something massively supernatural that's going to happen next season. Yeah. But then they didn't get a next season. So it feels, we kind of all, kind of said that when we did our review of the final episode. If there's no second season, that kind of changes your perspective on the show. That The show will just yeah, disappear definitely. into the background. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it felt like the creator of the show thought he was getting, John Logan thought he was getting two or three seasons to tell his story. And that's not always guaranteed. I don't know whether the pandemic this year caused them to cancel the show or whether it was essentially the the viewership of the show wasn't enough for them to hold out production for the six or seven months that it was going to take to hold out. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that, that we're never going to hear those stories. There were some great characters in that show. I really would have liked to see what they would do with the second season. Yeah. I, I, that would be up there with me in terms of the, the disappointments. Um, I'm going to be controversial. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Warning ahead. My disappointment is 
Wonder Woman 84. Now, not be for the reasons everyone thinks. Uh-huh. For me, it's just it didn't capture the lightning in a bottle of the first one for me. She literally used her whip to capture lightning. I know, but not in a bottle this time. See, that's the problem. She just captured it. She lassoed it. She didn't just, Uh like, corral it and into the actual... No, no, I still enjoyed it. It just... I I suppose I I personally had hyped it as this end-of-year savior TV or video moment, video mm-hmm. by TV in not non, a cinematic moment. There if you, you go. Will. <laughs> um, it was going to be the savior for me and it didn't. And it, that's partially my own hype and my own, um, how I thought it was going to go. But also there was some choices with the storyline mm-hmm. and how it was portrayed and what was chosen that I just, didn't agree with or it's kind of like why did you do it that way now overall it's still a good film i will not take that away from Patty jenkins or gal gadot or uh, chris pine it was still a good film Uh it's just not it wasn't how it wasn't what i no it was what i wanted but just not in the way i wanted it if that makes sense so it, it, it was Unfortunately, I personally didn't get a chance to cover it. I, I got a bit sick just before I was due to see it. That's and I right. was due to record with you guys. And I just unfortunately got a bit of a defection. Not the C word, people. Don't worry. Thank <laughs> you for even just jumping to that. No, I was just a bit norm- normal sick. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't go to the cinema just to be safe. Yeah. And um, there was a bit too much going on. Like when you have a magic rock, why why make... Why make him inhabit someone else's body and not just bring him back to life? Like, there's a lot of little things, but overall, yeah. still want to say, good film, really yeah. good film, just could have been better. You know, I was saying this to John uh, after we'd recorded our our podcast. We were, again, very lucky to see the preview for that. We went to see it in the cinema, um, courtesy of Warner Brothers Ireland, going to see it with just critics in there. No real reaction from the audience um, in there to judge. So it was all about myself and John watching the film, coming out afterwards and talking about what we thought about it. <laughs> and then suddenly it came out on streaming services in the US on Christmas Day. And from the second it was up on streaming services, from the very second it was up, suddenly you get criticism of the movie going on. And then it just, when I think when I woke up uh, that day after, after it had been out, suddenly it was just this ball of vitriol being thrown at this movie and I was going we had great fun yeah. in the cinema watching this thing and everybody's pulling this thing apart completely and we're going I'm glad I didn't see all that stuff before we saw the movie because it might have tainted my opinion about it well um, that's it I, but I, it, has, it still hasn't now it hasn't it hasn't changed my opinion about it I really enjoyed it and had, had lots of fun but there was loads of things that people were pulling apart uh, and you know the, the, the story threads and we were kind of going well you know you'd have to suspend disbelief yeah. on this type of movie and I still think after watching all the DC Extended Universe movies, as they call all the combined ones after the Nolan movies, it's still probably top five for me. <laughs> That's maybe not saying much about the other five that are in the, the ten movies I, that are released, but, yeah. but it's still top five for me. It's still kind of up there with uh, as a really good film. I, I think as well, it's, you know, tonally, it's different. It's a shift compared to the first Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. First Wonder Woman is set in World War One. Yeah. You know, it's about death. It's about chemical weapons. It's about... Um, you know, 
all of that kind of stuff. And this one is set in the 80s, which is happy-go-lucky. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think that's what it was trying to capture there. So it's actually very different. And I, yep. when we were in the cinema watching it, it was that where I was going, I, I want that moment where from the first movie where she is going across the battlefield. Mm-hmm. You've got that, that music. Um, and it was just so epic. And I think that came right at the end. Like, I loved the ending of, of Wonder Woman 1984, and I think you got that mm. there. But I suspect a lot of people will need to reevaluate um, their love of 1980s movies if they don't like Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> because yes. it, it actually really did inhabit the spirit of movies in the 80s so it's certainly the big blockbuster ones were you know some things just didn't make sense um and dare i say it maybe i'm a little bit on a roll with that because um you know just binged cobra kai Uh which there's parts of that that make absolutely no sense but it is such a a a loving little thing to sort of 1980s movies tv Mm -hmm. where some things just happen that shouldn't but it's like yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I, I can do that. Um, you know, like the Goonies or yeah, whatever. It, it, it's a love letter to, like, the, the opening mall scene is a Donner Cut-esque love letter. Yeah, exactly. It is like Superman is wholesome, Wonder Woman is wholesome. It's a wholesome scene. Like, yeah. um, like technically she nearly kills people. Like, if you, if you suspend, if you don't suspend belief, she's smacking normal men around. Like they should be dead, but no, they just get wrapped up in a, a in a blanket and left on the cop car for the cops. Like Absolutely. it's for it's that it's like if you go back and look, if you apply a, a prism or a lens of real realism to these films, like Superman in the original Chris Reeves Superman, he he flies around the Earth so fast that he turns back time. Like, this is not yeah. like, you have to, to suspend belief <laughs> on these films. Exactly. It's, but it's wholesome. You, you have literally picked out the most divisive thing that happens in the original Superman films, that people still yeah. argue how awful that was as a choice for the for the movie. Because if he could do that, he'd just do it all the time. <laughs> but it's still fun. But yes, exactly. The, the, and Wonder Woman 1984, I yes. think, was great fun. Um so that's kind of the disappointments for the year. Let's let's close out the disappointments because exactly. there's been so much other disappointing things. At the end of the day, these are TV shows and movies that entertained us at the yes. end. Right? Yeah, we all exactly. really enjoyed them and they took care of us at a time we couldn't leave the home. So uh, we're really appreciative oh, of God, those yes. too. Um, let's go to the other slightly disappointing thing about TV podcast industries, uh, the things we didn't <laughs> cover in 2020. <laughs> okay, who wants to go first on this one? There were lots of shows we didn't cover. Once again, two years in a row, number one thing that we didn't cover, which we absolutely should have covered, was Man. Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian season one was really good. It was a good setup uh, for the Disney world of what they were going to do with their TV shows. Mandalorian season two knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think it was one of the best shows this year. We're constantly uh, asked, we get emails from people going, why aren't you doing Mandalorian? Uh, unfortunately, just timing didn't work out this year uh, for us. And to be honest with you, I spent more time listening to shows about The Mandalorian, uh, other podcasts about The Mandalorian than I did recording our own. Uh, There's so many great podcasts out there that do a great job of covering it uh, that I just didn't feel we could add anything to the space either. Uh, I'd love to have, I'd love to have covered it. We really enjoyed it. We're all Star Wars fans. So uh, we definitely could have done a reasonably good job on it. But uh, I think I've, I've enjoyed other podcasts uh, covering it a lot as well. So, um, loads of options out there, but that's my number one that I think uh, we missed out on uh, again this year. But we'll talk about some Star Wars, hopefully, in the future. Oh, yeah, hopefully. 
Ooh. Teasers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, just coming back to what I was saying before, um, Cobra Kai, um, I kind of wish we had taken that on back uh-huh. in season one. Of course, we just had no idea how it would play out. But I have to say, this is just a fuzzy, heartwarming um, series. It and really I really, really like it. I think yeah. um, I liked how they twisted it with, um, you know, you have... Uh, Johnny and LaRusso were actually your sympathy is with Johnny, mm-hmm. but then his character with Miguel, um, I, the, the two of them are really, really good. So good I, together. I mean, if it absolutely is something where the tropes are thick and fast, oh, but yeah. it is just really good. And you're like going, why are you falling out again? This shouldn't be <laughs> happening. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it's, I just, I just really like it, and I like how they, you know, they're they're feeding it back into some of the original um, Karate Kid movies mm-hmm. and, and showing some of the the scenes there, and kind of then expanding on that. I, exactly. I really, um, yeah, I've got a very, very soft spot for Cobra Kai. <sighs> Absolutely, um, it it does feel like a really comforting show where you don't feel. Uh, too put upon, uh, watching it. It doesn't feel like too difficult to, uh, too difficult to get your mind around. I love those moments when you go, one character is reaching in for a kiss to the other one and you go, look behind you because the, the person that absolutely shouldn't be seeing this kiss is going to be standing right there. Oh yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, exactly. Right there. It's that kind of show. Uh, really good fun. I think it was all, uh, the, the first two seasons were originally on YouTube, yep. uh, sold off to Netflix, uh, and they landed on Netflix 1st of January 2020, I think, both seasons of the show and then, um, the third season just came out this week uh, on on Netflix. Go check it out. We've already watched the first the third season um, in two days. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. and the half an hour episodes exactly. And there's a lot of heart in the yeah. um yeah, and a lot of eighties um tropes. Yes, there is definitely. Chris, anything that we didn't cover this year that we haven't talked about? Uh, for there? me, uh, I'm gonna say Shit's Creek. Um, it, right. I, I did not. So everyone, this is one, it's a bit like Game of Thrones, the first season of Game of Thrones. Everyone was like going, oh my God, you have to watch this. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Watch it, watch it, watch yeah. it. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, in the last, in December, I binged Shit's Creek, all seasons. And I actually just finished on New Year's wow. Day. Um, the final season, plus <laughs> the behind the scenes retrospective documentary on Netflix. Right. Like I fell in right. love with this show. It's amazing yeah. writing. The storylines are engaging. The characters are fantastic. It would not be a usual show for me because it's right. comedic, but somewhat drama. It's just, it's, it, I, mm. I wasn't expecting it, uh, but to, to sing its praises, it is, I would say one of the best shows of the last decade. Like that's how right. high I would rate it. Um, I, and also it went out on its own timeline. It, they literally could have gone on and it could have, like, apparently they were offered quite a bit of money to continue into season six and seven and eight mm-hmm. and nine. And they went, no, yeah. we, we're, we want to leave the storyline where we want to leave it. We want to leave the characters where we want to leave it. Now, I think they've left the door open for follow ups and reunions yeah. and things like that. <laughs> I was about to give away a spoiler for this final season, but no. I, please yeah, don't, exactly. please don't, because we're only on we're only on season three. Um, <laughs> Shit's Creek weirdly is a show that I find difficult recommending because I've said it before. The podcast comedy is just yes. a thing that is very is very specific to me. I know, and that comedy is specific to everybody. But every time somebody has told me this comedy is great, 
I hate yeah. it. <laughs> like every time people telling me that the best Marvel movies are Thor Ragnarok and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy put me off their taste completely because <laughs> I just don't <laughs> like that comedy. Uh, Shit's Creek, I think you have to get through a full season of that show to get your, your head around how their comedy yes. works. It's very slight sometimes. It's very subtle sometimes. I mean, you get into season two and then season three, you're kind of into the characters which is one thing I would find really difficult recommending to somebody. Just watch two full seasons of a show and then you might like it. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's it. I think Shit's Creek, um, like, I've really grown to love this this show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's because I've always never really fully gotten the improv side of comedy yeah, yeah I when it when it's done well i love it it's not that i don't like it it's just you know like arrested development had yes. that, and uh-huh. i love that and um, whereas some of the other shows and i just i knew that this was going to have part an element of that but mm-hmm. i think they do a real it like arrested development it works for me yeah. in, in this show and yeah. um, other shows i've just not really it's just not gelled with me like curb your enthusiasm yeah. say yeah. Um, but this uh, i really have uh yeah like chris says i think the characters are great their yeah. situation you know it it's it's the situational comedy of them. Uh, like the mother is is great. Reminds me of the the mother in Arrested Development in mm-hmm. that sense. You know, slightly okay. kooky. It's yeah. great springboard for a whole range of other things. As I, I think this is really yeah. uh, well well done. I totally agree with you there, Look, John. I have a constant criticism of these improv comedy. Uh, this everything from like Seth Rogen stuff and all all of that style of comedy, where it's like, yes, I get that you're good at improv. How about you improv it for a few weeks? Then write a script and yeah. film the script. Right? <laughs> it's it's not funny just because you said it, um, you know. But Shit's Creek does a does a really good job. Not sure whether we would have gone back and and done four seasons of uh, of no. Shit's Creek this year um, <laughs> as a, as a podcast. Uh, any other shows this year that stood out to you that uh, we haven't covered? I just want to honor- honorable mention Truth Seekers. Right, right. Uh, which is the Simon Pegg Nick Frost piece that came out on Amazon, mm. on Amazon Prime Originals. Um, Timeline schedule could we fit it in? Forty, we just couldn't. But I really want to give this one a shout out. Um, yeah. The first thirty minutes, the first episode, you're like, hmm, not sure where this is going. It doesn't really know whether yeah. it wants to be a horror, did it want to be a comedy? Like it was just, it had this weird blend. And by the end, so it's what like ten? I think it's about ten, eight or ten episodes, each one about thirty minutes. By the end of that season, I was engrossed going yeah no this is actually quite clever writing the young actor um i, I believe his name is samson kale um he he never had seen him before never heard of him and he really shines in this show um and to the point that when we saw him um death 2020 which was a fantastic kind of short charlie mm-hmm. Brooker piece that came out on netflix um he he's in that and i'm like oh Oh, that's where I know him from. And I think this is, we're going to see him in Truth Seeker season two. I think that Uh this will be one of the shows, I think in 2021, 2022, when it comes out, where everyone's like, have you not, have you seen this, this show? It's, there's a whole other season and it's fantastic. I think they found their footing. They figured out what they want to do by the end. And it's, it very much, if you like the Cornetto trilogy of Simon Uh Pegg, Nick Frost, this is more Nick Frost, uh, this yeah, it's a Nick Frost show, but you can see the comedic. You can see some of the 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 parts of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. This is Nick Frost. The Nick Frost show, you can see yeah. 
the some of the same DNA in there. Um, so yeah, I would, I, I would, it would be a huge honorable mention if for yeah. anyone who didn't get a chance. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you on Truth Seekers. Yeah, good fun, wasn't it? It really built, and I was like, I got more into it as as it went on, which is actually a really good arc for for a series. Mm-hmm. Um, another little honorable mention for me. Uh, there's something. Chris, that you um, actually recommended to us was Upload um, with Robbie Amell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was really, really good. Um, I wasn't expecting anything yeah. as such. Like, I kind of felt, oh, no, this is going to be Green Arrow because it had Robbie Amell in it. Um, <laughs> but it was funny. I, you know, it, it's pretty guy who has an unfortunate accident and then is uploaded. It, it But it... If it was comedic, it was dark, it was, you know, it had little bits of uh, inspiration maybe from um, Black Mirror stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the eight episodes of this um, of this show as yeah. well. And it's, they've got a season two, I think. They definitely got a season two. Yeah, it was created by the, by Greg Daniels, um, who also created a show for Netflix at the same time. So upload was his Amazon Prime show uh, on Netflix. He did Space Force. Um, which I thought was terrible. Couldn't get past the fourth episode yeah. of that. Uh, it's yeah. amazing when a creator has two different shows come out at exactly the same time and what is really good. <laughs> like, upload yeah. every episode felt like they were doing something new with it, doing something really interesting with it. Um, and Robbie Amell was great. I, I never saw him as a leading man before. I'd seen him as uh, as a kind of a, a background actor in so much stuff, a supporting actor in so much stuff, but seeing him as the central role in this show actually made me like him a lot more. Yeah, really enjoyed him. Yeah. But yeah, he does. Unfortunately, Robbie Amell has that. Yeah, as you said, he he he's the pretty supporting actor. He he he. I think he's been to a degree typecast yeah, as yeah, that yeah. for the last while. Um, and it wasn't until he did a film with Stephen Amell. I think it's called Code Eight yeah. or something. I, I I haven't watched it. Um, but that seems to be a turning point. The apparently since like he's now become starting to be considered as this leading man and yes upload was just yeah, it was really good it was it was a shock for me because i did it at, i watched it kind of going ah, it's, it's like look someone said like watch this it's going to be good and i'm like all right well look i've got a couple of hours i'll i'll, I'll try it out over a day or two and then I just went. Whoop. It also did lead us down the Robbie Anal route as well. With and we did see the old slasher, you know, kind of soft slasher, uh, the babysitter <laughs> killer queen, which I thought was yes. kind of. I liked it. It wasn't. I'm not going to yep. say it's a ten out of ten or anything like that, but it was just like, oh, this is good, cheesy fun. Well, the yeah. problem with the babysitter killer queen was we got 20 minutes into the movie and realized it's a sequel. <laughs> to a previous movie, and most of Killer Queen is made up of footage from the previous movie that we hadn't seen. <laughs> so I was watching it kind of going, well, I wish I'd seen the original, because that looks like a really fun film. <laughs> this one looks and like it it's is. just pieced together from the previous film, unfortunately. Um, other stuff from this year that we didn't get to cover, and I know we watched, um, really enjoyed The Kingdom, uh, the Korean um, zombie show. Uh, yeah. Two seasons of that out on Netflix, watched two episodes of it, and suddenly 
transported into this completely different zombie universe. I love zombie stuff. So a uh, completely different version of zombies than I'd seen in anything else. Yeah, it was really um, cool. Based in feudal Korea, really different type of show. Really enjoyed that this year. Um, Hellstrom is another one we didn't cover. The final Marvel show from ABC TV. Um, I think Modoc is still coming from them, but uh, that's gone a little bit silent. Uh, and it's a comedy show, a half-hour comedy show. Uh, Hellstrom seemed to be in the same mold as some of the other ABC TV shows. Um, mm. It was okay. Um, I think we got about five or six episodes into it and then started to kind of feel it was slowing down. And then the fact that it got cancelled and hasn't got a second season didn't make me really want to push through uh, any further with the show. Yeah. Like the actors, they were they were, they were good parts, yeah. but it felt like they were trying so hard to make this not a Marvel show uh, in, in a way because yeah. they, they kind of lost the momentum uh, from ABC TV to make this something connected to the other shows. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but uh, just wanted to mention there was an opportunity to cover a new Marvel show this yeah. year. I think, um, yeah, and as well, I think with The, the Kingdom um uh, that really linked into um the ghost of shishima uh for gaming oh, which yes, was yes. really good where you, we were oh, in yeah. um feudal japan um oh. and the attack by the the mongols yeah. uh, that was really cool game and going from one kingdom to another i got into last kingdom uh, i kind of like the whole viking thing uh, but the last kingdom is set in in uh, i suppose anglo-saxon England mm-hmm. and the Vikings attacking there. And again, I think it's just kind of really good. I'm not entirely sure it's the best thing ever, but there's just something about the spirit of it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, kind of really got into it. It's like, it's semi historical. Like it's definitely, well, yeah, definitely based on the, on the concept of what happened at the time. But I know I've, I've jumped in and out of episodes. You tend to watch this while I'm editing the podcast. I tend to come down and see John's gotten through four or five episodes of the show. And almost every time I get there to watch an episode, it's like, why has the king done that? Oh, God, that's really stupid. Now his whole kingdom's going to get burnt down. And then, <laughs> and then someone gets captured and put in prison that was the leader of, of one of the other factions. You know, the, in the previous time I saw the episode, it's like everything just seems to collapse in on itself over and over it again. It really does. But maybe that's the way that, that it happened in history. It probably <laughs> did. And of course, it's it's now fed into uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla as oh, well. Yes, so, uh, which is kind of, you oh, know, yes. so... Uh, I, I guess two uh, TV shows that have also then translated into sort of semi-connected or associated um, games for me on gaming PS4. experiences. Yes, absolutely. It's been really, uh, really good fun. Yeah, lots of other great gaming experiences this year as well. Yeah, Valhalla and, uh, and Ghost of Tsushima have been fantastic. Uh, I know yeah. uh, they'll look even better whenever we get a PlayStation 5. Well, <laughs> I have both. I have my PlayStation 5, I have my Xbox, and I can guarantee that they will. Excellent. Lucky Chris. Lucky Chris. Um, one of the show that I fell to this year that I absolutely loved, um, was Succession. Yeah. Um, really, really good show. Another great HBO, uh, production. Uh, they're so good. Um, <laughs> really, just really interesting. Didn't thought, didn't think I was going to enjoy it. It's just about a, a whole family, uh, in corporate America. Um, it's the Murdochs effectively. Kind of the Murdochs. Kind of. Um, kind of the Koch brothers, uh, that whole thing of how the media is controlling America, but it's much more about, as the title of the show says, the succession of a family when there's an elder statesman who's been in such control of the business and he's supposed to be retiring. Yeah. What happens with the rest of the family? Who's going to take over? And that elder Fantastic. statesman played by Brian Cox, he's so, so good um, yes. in it. And it like the family works just so well together. Yeah. 
um, you know, in a different Kong way to Shit's Creek in a sense, yeah, but like, um, it, it's really well done. And the guy who wrote it was involved with Peep Show, which is a Channel Four oh. comedy series, and yeah. it's. The, there's that element of underlying dark humour yeah. that is in it all the time. And without a doubt, my favourite character, Kieran Culkin, yeah. in this show is so good. You guys remember him from uh, from uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, his kind of breakout performance when we hadn't seen him since <laughs> since he was a kid and all the Home Alone <laughs> movies and that kind of stuff. He came back with this amazing character in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's a similar character he's playing in Succession in a much more adult show, I suppose, in a way. Uh, Succession, really good. Definitely highly recommend that one. Um, any other quick call-outs on things we didn't cover from the year? I know His Dark Materials was, again, a great show. The second season, even better than the first. Uh, really loved that show this year as well. A very, very quick one for me, which was The Flight Attendant. Oh, right. Um, which is one I just want it, it seemed to be... If a lot of people missed it because... Kind of just the timing. I did Christmas. Yeah. Um, Kaylee Kuko, um, who you remember from Big Bang Theory. It's her. Nope. First. I've never seen the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh. uh, she was Penny in the Big Bang Theory. Okay. Um, she it's her first kind of production producing directorial. I think she directs one of them, but she's definitely the producer of this show. She bought the rights of the book. It's really really good. It's a thriller uh, about a flight attendant okay. and um, really well written uh, well produced uh, do you remember the mind palace uh, from, from Sherlock Holmes and, and oh, Hannibal and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, where they kind of have that where they're able to talk about things and see things in their own and it, from a visually a visual production point of view it's well visualized if that makes sense okay. <laughs> so i know that's terribly i i describing that terrible but it's it's a really really strong good show and i would highly recommend it it's got a season two but it wraps up beautifully in season one okay it could have been self-contained but no they've, they've given a season two there's a second book it's all based on a book the book is quite well received i think it, now it's a bestseller right it was kind of one of those sleeper hits and then it, everyone then the rights were bought and then it became a bestseller right when everyone kind of went oh this is being turned into a show um but yeah it's just i would strongly recommend it to a lot of people interesting interesting yeah i've, I've only recently started hearing about that so uh yeah it might be it might be one to check out in 2021 yeah and um, i think for me honorable mention to the expanse um love that as a sci-fi show mm. um now it's on amazon mm. prime and also, just in the spirit of Christmas, I guess, um, just because there always seems to be like an Agatha Christie type thing, or there was like Making a Murderer back then. Um, we watched a four-part documentary series, uh, The Ripper, based on the Yorkshire Ripper, mm-hmm. um, from the late 70s to the early 80s. And like, you know, coming f- relatively close from the... I, I just, it's not something I was ever on my radar. And it, it's not really focusing on the Yorkshire Ripper. Mm-hmm. It's focusing on effectively a huge mishandling of it by the, the Yorkshire police force. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, it, the it, yep. and the press. And the press. It was really, really interesting. Yep. It's just four episodes. Um, but that was a really interesting look at a serial killer that I knew about. But um, just hadn't really um, kind of 
known anything too much about. So yeah. if, you know, if, if you're into that kind of true crime uh, elements, then I think something like that's kind of quite interesting. Yeah, true crime podcast industry is coming soon. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not, no, not at all. We are not doing I, I wouldn't know how podcast. you kind of podcast on <laughs> well, serial. Uh, there are 675,000 podcasts about true crime. Well, so uh, I get, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think serial <laughs> can do that. Um, if they want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's it for the shows we haven't covered in 2020. We did cover loads. There's, of course, loads out there. Uh, it's It's been a weird year considering how many shows had to shut down production. Um, it's been amazing to see how many shows actually completed production and were out there. Uh, really intrigued to see what 2021 is going to bring us. Um, because, yeah, we don't really know. There's lots of shows that got renewed. Lots of shows that are definitely coming back, but we don't know when production starts in them, and that means we don't know when the release is going to be. Uh, a couple of ones that we're really looking forward to. Uh, definitely, we know The Boys Season 3 and uh, and a spin-off set in uh, College for Superheroes, or for Supes, sorry. I forgot my nomenclature from uh, from The Boys there. <laughs> uh, but they're both due to kick off production next year. They're both filmed in uh, in uh, Australia. Isn't that right? So, uh, so yeah, both, both due to kick off uh, production in 2021. But we have no idea how long that's going to take them to ha- to yeah. be available uh, for for release. Uh, I know traditionally it's usually a summertime show or a late late summer, early uh, early autumn show, uh, but it may have to push out into twenty twenty two. We know Umbrella Academy season three has been announced and is yeah. ready to go for production. The scripts have been written, and they're saying they're going to continue to work on the scripts until uh, they have the the go ahead uh, to to get uh, to get released or to get to get uh, released to film. Uh, let's say, uh, but we don't know when that's coming. Uh, Middle Earth, the TV show based on uh, the Lord of the Rings book or J.R.R. Tolkien's universe, uh, I suppose, has actually been continuing film because it was uh, was set in New Zealand, where we all know have been doing quite well uh, over the yes. course of 2020. Uh, and the production has been going on um, throughout the last couple of months, which will be really interesting to see what's, what's coming from that. I expect that to be a very... Uh, a very dense and intriguing show yeah. uh, when it comes. Uh, they keep announcing more and more cast members. I think we're up to about 20, 25 cast members, main <laughs> named cast members right now, which is feels like it's going to be a very big show. I hope so. I, I believe Wheel of Time as well uh, continued production because it was uh, filming around the same place. So that could be a 2021 show. Interesting. But I think that's kind of exactly as you said, a lot of the shows that we know have either been, uh, who've been announced for season twos or threes or fours mm-hmm. have been renewed and the, we know they've been working on the script. I'm expecting a lot of them to be 2022 at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Exactly. For example, The Boys. They, they would have started more than likely filming season three of The Boys and the spin off in July or August last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were doing the release and they announced they would have started then and we would have been ready for a July or August 2021. Yeah. That is not the case now. So, and I think what we could end up seeing is a lot of the films and the T or more of the TV shows filming towards the end of the kind of June, July this year and then being ready. Like 2022 is going to be packed. In terms of show releases. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. yeah we still don't know how things are going to all pan out completely. But as we mentioned, um, 
again, The Witcher did go back to filming probably a bit early, yeah. unfortunately, because of uh, of how the production shut down. Uh, but we have no idea when that's coming either. That could be uh, it could be towards the end of 2021. Uh, but at least they've started production, so uh, so we know that. We know for definite that Pennyworth. Uh, which we haven't even talked about in this podcast. We've just been covering the first four episodes of that show. We know production yeah. completed on it. Uh, they were doing some post-production work. And again, with everything going on, they had to push out the latter half of that season. But the show is finished. Uh, that does return on March 7th, uh, 2021, for the final six episodes uh, of the second season of the show. And it's been it's been fun going back into the world yeah. of Pennyworth. It's a weird, wonderful uh, little take on... Uh, Alfred Pennyworth, for yes, sure. Yes, and DC's London, uh, definitely an interesting one. So looking forward to that. Other shows that we know are in production uh, at the moment, uh, Sandman uh, from Neil Gaiman yeah. and Netflix, uh, whoop, whoop. started production in uh, October, I think. Um, mm. And we know that's coming out really soon. Really intrigued to see uh, what they're going to do with that on screen. That's a, uh, a really interesting visual comic book and a fascinating story um so I, i'm really intrigued yeah. to how they're going to merge those on a netflix budget which is high but netflix do tend to uh to try and keep things more realistic so i'm trying to see how they would do that uh but i'm really intrigued uh, neil gaiman quite heavily involved in that as well so uh, and it is his baby he's not going to uh hopefully not going to allow it to be destroyed <laughs> uh, john anything that's in production at the moment that you uh you were looking forward to um one of the things for me and i guess for fellow fanables um is that there is the show clarice about clarice starling yes. coming from alex kurtzman who uh was involved with discovery mm-hmm. uh, and picard and partnered with brian fuller the original creator of the hannibal tv series so i'm kind of really intrigued um on on that for sure Do you know what really makes me really interested in Clarice? For so many years, the Hannibal TV show was trying to work around Silence of the Lambs. They couldn't yeah. get the rights to it. It was owned by a different company. They always said they wanted to have the fourth season of Hannibal be Silence of the Lambs, effectively. And they never got there. And they're still talking about, you know, could they do a, a one-off special where the where Will Graham and Hannibal come back and they are able to take elements of Silence of the Lambs and now another channel has gotten the rights to Clarice Starling's character and is telling us her story. I think that's really interesting <laughs> that, that we have something completely different coming from another creator who worked with Brian Fuller and he's, he's looking at, uh, at Clarice. So I think that's really intriguing. Um, they could never work with the character on, uh, on Hannibal. I think she appeared for a scene, I think, or two, uh, in the third season of Hannibal, if I remember my, uh, my Hannibal correctly, but they couldn't tell that story. So I'm intrigued at how they've gotten the rights for that. <laughs> but I like, I like Alex Kurtzman's stuff. So, uh, and I really like the trailer for that. So that's, uh, that'll be an interesting one to have a look at. Um, quick one for me. Uh, probably going to lie, uh, land in 2021 is, uh, Jupiter's Legacy or Jupiter Legacy, which is, uh, part of Mark Miller, uh, comic book creators, his Miller World, uh, which yes. Netflix bought the rights to. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, so that finished production, as far as I know, really? back in 2020, uh, there was apparently a trailer cut and being viewed in like October, September, October last okay. year. Interesting. And because Mark Miller said he had seen a trailer, an early cut. Yeah. Um there has been photos of it. So to my understanding it is coming in twenty twenty one at some point. Interesting. Be um and it is uh for any of our uh old Defenders TV podcast friends uh, the uh, one and only showrunner is Stephen DeKnight. Oh, very good from the original Daredevil series. Exactly. Excellent. Um, so I'm expecting cool. good things from this. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, it's just it's so difficult to put dates on the stuff that's in production even at the moment because so many yeah. uh, post-production houses have had to have people working from home and uh, doing... I think the, the one... Uh, that I found really intriguing this year was Discovery. One of the reasons it was delayed by two or three months its release was because the orchestra, of course, couldn't be together in the same room to record the it's, the the orchestration okay. for the show. Yeah, and that yeah. show is a, is a show that definitely deals in big orchestration. So they had to delay part of the post production because music. You know, that's it's quite a it's quite an amazing feat to get a TV show together. So uh, it'll be intriguing to see what stuff here does actually land next year. What mm. we do know. Because there was a massive announcement about it at the uh, the Disney Investors Day, is there is lots and lots of stuff going on over on Disney Plus. Do you want to talk about the Marvel stuff that's coming this year, guys? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> we did get the chance to talk about this, and we said we were going to uh, set aside some time to have a podcast about all of the announcements uh, coming from Marvel Marvel uh, on Disney Plus. Let's talk about those first. Uh, first up, we know this. We've talked about this a few times on various podcasts in the, in the last while. Coming in just a couple of weeks' time, One Division is the first. Marvel TV show coming on Disney Plus. My mind is so broken by the trailers for that. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. I have no idea whether the trailers that we were seeing is just the first episode and Wanda's traveling through all these different time zones in a sitcom and then every other episode is going to be different or whether every episode is set in a different timeline. I don't know how you do a half hour sitcom focused on two characters like Wanda and Vision, I, I have no idea how the show's going to pan out. And the more trailers I see and the more images I see, the less I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait for this. Um, mainly because obviously it's going to feed into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Got to get that in. Plug, plug. Of course. Um, and, uh, but it, it's, it's actually just going to be great to get back into, uh, Marvel. I think with it, kind of just going on hiatus effectively in 2020. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this slate. And I think this is a really intriguing kickoff to it, as you say. Um, you know, looks part uh, Pleasantville, part, I guess, Truman Show, with that idea of being um, trapped in multiple realities or universes should be uh, really good. And I guess it's a big thing as well for the... The, the future of maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, really, I guess. Um, and I think with the, um, Spider-Man animation that really showed that that worked for audiences. So kind of really intrigued with one division. For me, it's going, it, this is why I am happy January is here. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Um, this is, yeah, it, it's the kickoff of, the post endgame MCU. Mm, this is yeah. really for what it is for yeah. me. Um, yeah. This is where the new Marvel non comics, the, the TV, the film is going. This is where we are after tw- whatever was it, 22 films and 10 years mm-hmm. and all this. This is the okay, let's see what they have next. Uh, yeah. And it's just going to be interesting. Also, it's going weekly, which is just crazy. Um, Why? Like for, Why is this crazy? No, 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 no. It's not crazy. It's just I thought the exact same thing about the Mandalorian. Uh huh. Like, oh wow, like they're going to do this weekly and not on one go. And oh wow, um, I very much believe the One Division will do for Marvel what the Mandalorian did for Star Wars. That which is, is the show. Uh, yeah. This is going to be. Hey, look! 
all this rich stuff that we've been telling in films. Do yeah. you know what? This can work. This universe has characters and stuff that you did not even know you wanted mm-hmm. in TV and showing it on a, on a 30 to 40 to 50 minute weekly basis. This is what you want. This is it. And I think that is going to be the the showstopper for a lot of people. Yeah. It, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because when we started off our Defenders TV podcast coverage back with uh, Daredevil, the whole message that was going out about Marvel TV at the time was it's all connected. You will see connections. Yeah. You'll see connections to the universe. Now with Kevin Feige at the helm, with Disney+, Plus, with the whole organization being streamlined behind Marvel, down to the fact that we have one person responsible for the movies, TV, and comic universe. Remember, yeah. he is the guiding hand behind the comic universe as well. You do really feel that that it's all connected thing is going to pay off in WandaVision and all the other shows that are coming up, you really do feel that they're going to be, the production values and the money that's involved is a lot more than was available to them when they were selling their their properties to different uh, companies to to make them. Um, But you're right, the the thing that is really exciting about it is this is the first stab out there of Marvel TV's new stamp with Disney+. Plus. That's the the Mandalorian thing. You know, in the past, the same way with Star Wars, there were Star Wars TV shows right back from the 80s. There were Star Wars cartoons right back from the 80s. But having something like The Mandalorian out there saying, we're taking a movie budget and turning it into a 10-episode TV show or an 8-episode TV show, very, very different. And they've done a great job on that. With the WandaVision 6-episode TV show, I'm really excited to see what they do. It feels like something brand new for Marvel. Yep. And just want to, once again, plug John Favreau, the uh, man behind... Iron Man, who kicked off the MCU, and Mandalorian, that kicked off yeah. the Star Wars um, universe in in from a television perspective. Absolutely. Good old John Favreau. Guiding hand. Yeah, and then hot on the heels of that is Falcon and the Winter Soldier in mm-hmm. March. Um, and it just kind of then is the domino effect of everything that's being kind of held back, I guess, to well, some yeah. extent. Yeah, Falcon and um, the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first show released yeah, by yeah. Disney Plus originally. They they were uh, they had the whole plan directly after you you see the end of Endgame. Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going off in their future together. This no. show was supposed to lead out from that. Captain America being one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Universe and his supporting characters being really popular as well. It felt like the right characters to kick off this universe so unfortunately delay in production again uh, has led it to be moved out but i'd be really intrigued to see there's loads of uh, supporting characters coming into all of these shows as well loads of people that aren't named in the title going to be coming in the show including yeah uh, daniel Bruhl's going to be on uh, as baron zemo again coming back after his appearance in uh, in civil war uh, which will be really intriguing to see how they incorporate him in the show um, yeah because i loved his storyline from civil war yeah yeah i i and it's one actually uh, I have no idea what the storyline or anything is going to be aside from espionage. espionage. Yeah, it's 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 it. <laughs> also it's just like Falcon taking up the shield, like yep. or Bucky taking the shield. It, it's that's all I know is there, there's just something about it. It's one of those ones I'm just like, ooh, like this could go any which way, and yep. I think that's some of the fun. Absolutely, and then after Falcon the Winter Soldier, we get our first Marvel movie released. Uh, in over, in almost a year and a half, in May, we will finally have. Black Widow released in the cinema. Uh, intrigued to see yeah. what that's go- how that's going to hit, I suppose, uh, because it's been a long time. It's been almost a year from its original release date to when it will get released. Following that, back to uh, Disney Plus for Loki, the uh, the TV series all about Loki, 
which yes again joins directly into his disappearance in uh, in Endgame and takes yep. place directly after that and what happened after that. So yeah, and I'm not sure what's happening in that either. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost looks like um, dare I say a retail show. I it, I don't know. It, it I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because the the trailer. I don't know if it, I understand what the hell is going on, which of course is great for, you know, the, the, the god of mischief, yeah. um, I guess. But, um, I'm really intrigued for Loki because it, it, that also looks different to me. I just want to know what a yeah. retail show is, John. I, I, I can't remember. It's like it's set in a department store. I don't know. It's just the way it's kind of shot. It's because he's going up in an elevator and all this kind of thing. I expect okay. he comes out onto, you know, like the, the shop floor of a big department store, but it isn't. I know that, but it just has that kind of vibe to it for some that reason. Weird. I know <laughs> how weird my mind works. It's supposed to be the Marvel quantum leap, if you will. He will be hopping around time, fixing some stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, um, and he's it's the it's very much an anti-hero story, but not in the way. Not in the way that, like, we had Punisher as an anti-hero, uh, like yeah. an ultra-violent yeah. anti-hero. <laughs> That's going to be, he is, the, he is the bad guy that you like to root for. Loki is the most popular character, really, in Marvel. He's, probably, he's the one that seems to have kind of hit with so many people. He's appeared in so yeah. many different movies over the years, yeah. just in cameo appearances here and there. It's really interesting to see what they're going to do. Well, I, and I was going to say, you know, Loki has been the Sorcerer Supreme, so just... If he was the Punisher Supreme, I think, oh my goodness, that would be a really <laughs> different show. It certainly would. It certainly would. Uh, also confirmed a lots of discussion about it uh, from set photos that were being uh, released everywhere. The Hawkeye TV show is finally going to be uh, going to be coming out. They were filming in that uh, this year. Uh, confirmed, of course, in the cast is Jeremy Renner returning as Hawkeye, and Haley Steinfeld was uh, was confirmed as uh, as the other. Hawkeye. The other Hawkeye, exactly. Uh, yes, <laughs> we have one Hawkeye. We have other Hawkeye. <laughs> exactly. So really intrigued to see what they do with that show. Uh, no confirmed release date for that one. That may not come out in 2022. There seems like a lot of shows that they've got uh, coming out with the three uh, three big shows: One Division, Falcon, Witch Soldier, Loki. Uh, and they also have What If, which has been announced for summer. That's a 10-episode uh, animation series. Pretty much every single actor that appeared in the MCU has lent their voice to this animated show. Nice. So I wonder if they will really push this as their big show. Mm. I know animated shows don't traditionally get the same push, but when you've got actors involved like Robert Downey Jr. and like Chris Evans and like Chadwick Boseman making his final appearances as Black Panther um, and Hayley Atwell coming back as uh, as Agent Carter, will they really push this show as as their big show throughout the summer on Disney Plus? I, I, I do think so. And I th- if I'm a betting man with uh, additional productions um, being kind of shut down over the, the, the over the end of Christmas break and going into January in a lot of the places they are filming in the UK, in the US, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I can see Loki being pushed into Q3, Q4. Um, the what if staying in the summer, kind of coming out and being that swapping point. And then Hawkeye being pushed to kind of the potentially 
some point between January and March in 2022. Well, Loki's confirmed for June, Chris. So they, they have announced the, that it will be released in June. Uh, what if is the only one that doesn't have an actual date on there? That's set, that's set for summer. It could be, it could be August, September. Uh, but that's an animated production. So they've been able to continue working on that. Uh, Hawkeye has only recently been filming. That's where those set photos were being released from in the last couple of months. Um, the other ones that, that have been announced, there's definitely work out there on them. We've, we've seen, uh, images from Miss Marvel. Um, officially released by Disney, showing the the actress who's playing Miss Marvel. Um, so that's that was definitely in production. It may have stopped production. That one's probably going to be twenty twenty two. We know Moon Knight's coming out. Still not much detail behind Moon Knight, unfortunately announced uh, as of yet. We know Shield Hook's coming. Uh, confirmed that we're going to have. Tatiana Maslany playing the role of Jennifer Walters on the show, which will be really interesting to see. Yes. Uh, The big announcement for me from the whole event, Secret Invasion is coming, starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and returning Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, uh, the Skrull from Captain Marvel. So good to have a TV show with Nick Fury going to be coming in the future about one of the biggest events in comic books. I have no idea how they're going to do this at all, but uh, really intrigued about it. I must say I'm pumped for Secret Invasion. I love that comic event series when it came out, uh, so I cannot wait to see how they do this. Especially because the scrolls can be anybody. So does that mean you bring back characters that have maybe disappeared from the MCU, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and put them into this show, and they're possibly scrolls? We'll be very interested to find out. Uh, a big one for me is um, both Ironheart and the Armor Wars. Oh, yes. Um, so Armor Wars is with Don Cheadle returning as James Rhodes, War Machine, mm-hmm. um, tracking down uh, rogue Iron Man armor that has been released into the world. Very s- similar to the storyline of the actual comics. Uh-huh. Um, but what we can assume from that is then Ironheart, Riri Williams, um, which is she took up the mantle of Iron Man um, in the comic books for a while, but uh, she is now known as her own super moniker, Ironheart. She has created in Ironheart the most advanced suit of armor outside of um, Tony Stark. Yes. Um, so she is as smart as she has built the Iron Man 2.0, if you will. Um, and yeah, that's going to be interesting. And we're not sure how one leads into the other, mm-hmm. but you can make some assumptions that there will be some form of crossover. There will be some way these connected. Two. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. It's all connected. Yes. There's also two other movies coming from Marvel next year. We have Eternals uh, coming out yeah. uh, next year, which I'm really excited to see what they do. Uh, I know one of my favorite Neil Gaiman projects that he worked on for Marvel was kind of the relaunch of the Eternals and I'd say they're taking some stuff from uh, from his relaunch of the characters so intrigued to see what's coming in that movie too yeah that's going to be a huge one for me that has always been a uh, a strong strong graphic novel that I go back to a lot of time um, where and then they even had these two additional miniseries that they ran which were fantastic um based on those revamped characters. And I think exactly what you said, we're going to get this follow-up um, series uh, where I think these characters will play large parts throughout the the rest of the universe. Mm-hmm. These are as big as the Inhumans were at one point. Yeah, um, before they made now, the TV show. Exactly. I feel so sorry for, for uh, Inhumans fans, and there are a lot of people that like uh, the Inhumans. 
But uh, after that TV show, it feels like nobody wants to touch the Inhumans with a barge pole, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the other movie coming out next year, they're really excited about uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, so intrigued to see what they're going to do in that. Uh, we all know the swerve that they made in Iron Man 3 with the group The Ten Rings, led by the Mandarin. Um mm-hmm controversial to some people really enjoyable to uh, to some of the rest of us um, but this group the 10 rings is going to form a major part of the shang chi storyline um that that movie's finished production as well definitely coming out in 2021 so uh, really intrigued to see what they do and how they incorporate that back into uh, what's been going on in uh, in the iron man world yeah i'm i'm looking forward to shang chi um currently sort of trying to get the the current issues of shang chi on, uh-huh. in comics uh, to read through those um we've got a couple um so yeah i'm looking forward to that it's really good yeah, yeah. i've read the first three uh, so far definitely uh, worth checking out uh, to get a bit of a bit of shang chi in your life uh, two last things that were mentioned uh, really at, at disney plus i think we've talked about before the the blade movie coming up uh, starring mm-hmm. mahershala ali uh, from uh, luke cage season one great actor he probably shouldn't be known as that, but he is to us. We loved him on uh, we loved him on Luke Cage. Yeah, uh, he is now Oscar winning uh, actor Mahershala Ali, uh, known for a lot of other movies. Uh, but really interesting to see what they do bringing Blade back into the Marvel universe. Another group coming back into the Marvel universe. Confirmation: Finally, there will be a Fantastic Four movie coming from Disney uh, and Marvel. Yes. Um, Really intriguing, especially because the director that's been chosen for that movie is the director of Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home, John Watts. Does that mean the Fantastic Four is going to be a new comedy movie from Marvel, like Spider-Man's kind of the comedy side of uh, of Sony? Also intriguing that they are bringing John Watts into the re- into the actual home of Marvel. They're bringing him over into actual Marvel Studios uh, after his work on Sony. So, um, yeah, that's quite intriguing. Yeah, it is. Fantastic Four. That's cool. Oh, it's huge. Uh, personally, for me, I, I, I have this ever since they uh, kind of boss logic, I think, put it up. John Karinsky as Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. <laughs> that they, they, they now, to a degree, embody those that vision of potentially where they could go with it. Now, I'm happy with whatever. Yeah. Uh, I love the Fantastic Four. I think it is such... It's the uh, a fun, family, wholesome side of the universe which has gone to some serious dark places yeah but in the initial runs and a lot of the stuff it's always this fun family friendly one and that's why i do think they're bringing in john watts for this because it is that family friendliness yeah that they can bring where you have blade and black widow and stuff which are less family friendly hey, let's say fifth time lucky right this is the uh, yeah. this will be the fifth yeah let's attempt hope. at fantastic four uh and let's I'll- hope they bring in dr doom well, they probably will. They have used Doctor Doom in all four other attempts to bring. <laughs> Maybe Fantastic not in the first life. one, but if you know it gets a two or and a, and a three, yeah. um, because I really want to see Doctor Doom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, as well. without a doubt, without a doubt, that would be cool because yeah. he is a big character. He's a massive character, but they just have never been able to nail no, him exactly. before. I'm I'm so happy that we're all so excited to see what uh, Marvel are doing with Fantastic Four. We have constantly pointed out on TV podcast industries to anybody who's complained that we're a positive podcast and are only talk about positive things or we're overly <laughs> positive about movies. Go check out our Fantastic Four podcast. We were very disappointed in that one. <laughs> uh, that is the place I always send people if they say that we're too positive. Uh, go listen to that. We were very negative on, the, on that movie. So 
excited that we're all excited. There you go. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I think the one thing I will say, and we will before we move on, uh, um, I think is probably the best way of putting it. 2021 will be an interesting year. We will have to wait and see how box office opens, when they reopen, and things like that. So I, I think best to keep on our toes when it comes to schedulings and things like that. Um, I, I think uh, I will be happy how everything is um, progressing right now and how everything is scheduled right now. But I think, look, time will tell on a lot of these things. And sure, if we have to yeah. watch Black Widow on my 65-inch, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I will get really close to the screen and pretend it's IMAX. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Last section, let's just talk about some of the upcoming announcements as well on Star Wars. You guys happy with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots and lots of stuff. I think when you put them side by side against each other, the announcements for Marvel movies coming up and Marvel TV shows coming up and the Star Wars universe, what's coming up on TV for them and in movies for them. I think the schedule is about the same number. Mm. I think it's something like 12 yeah. shows on either side. Uh, let's just quickly go through the shows that were announced uh, for for Star Wars. Uh, see if anyone's taking your fancy, guys. Uh, we have got the confirmation that there will be a Mandalorian Season 3 coming up in the future, uh, but also spinning off in the Mando timeline, as they're, as they're calling it now. Uh, we have Ahsoka, um, which is focusing on uh, one of the former Jedis uh, that we got to see in Mandalorian Season 2. Really intrigued to see what yeah, they do with that show. Definitely. Uh, particularly given one of our favourite uh, Marvel actresses is, is, uh, has taken on the role of Ahsoka. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, this I'm really excited for um, because you had the mention in Mandalorian Season 2 of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm-hmm. I wonder if something's going to link in here, given that seems to be Ahsoka's mission in, in the Mando. Uh, obviously, at the start of lockdown as well, I... I absolutely binged uh, Star Wars Rebels, mm, right, yeah. which has Ahsoka uh, involved with the the gang of Rebels uh-huh. um, and whether, you know, this possibility, okay, I know it's just conjecture, it's whether you'll have a real-life version of Ezra in the same way that Ahsoka mm. has, has come in. Maybe. Um, and th- that link in you know dave filoni who's who's involved with mando um and with ahsoka then i i really like the way he's uh, he's at least teasing elements like the grand admiral thrawn and this may be the vehicle where you get that for me one of the best post sort of you know um Luke Skywalker, one of the one of the great villains um, of the Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. Really, really interested to see what they do with, with that uh, with that show. Dave Filoni often points out that uh, this was the last character created by George Lucas. Um, Ahsoka was created with Dave Filoni when they uh, when they created the the Clone Wars uh, animated movie. So uh, so he's very he's at pains to point out this is someone connected to the original kind of yeah, yeah. strategy, I suppose, of the original Star Wars, and now uh, getting her own show in the Mandalorian timeline. Also, Rangers of the New Republic announced. Uh, also in the Mandalorian timeline, cool. a spin-off uh, featuring some characters uh, in Mandalorian. I think Cara yes. Dune, uh is uh, is moving off into the Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, those two then um, will join up with the most recently announced uh, Boba Fett spin-off show. Um, all three of those shows then combining with Mandalorian for a big epic final event was the announcement that was made there. So I think if we don't see Grand Admiral Thrawn in any of those shows, 
he will be the big bad that everybody goes to face in the in the event series that closes out that yes. kind of chapter of uh, of the Mando universe. Of Star yeah, Wars, yeah, absolutely. Which I think is really cool. What else was announced in the Star Wars stuff, Chris? Uh, there was Andor, which is it's uh-huh. going to be an interesting one for me. Um, I'm I don't know how how to put it for it. We know the history of Andor. Um, we, we know, know the, the end. end. So I just, I, I'm very interested to see, is this a bit like Krypton, the TV show, where we knew the end of Krypton. <laughs> and we knew where it was going, um, but we're just not sure. Like, So I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what, what happens on that. Yeah. Um, the other big yeah. known one is uh, Bad Batch, mm-hmm. which is an an- a cartoon, cartoon series, yeah. animated cartoon series uh, about the Bad Batch of uh, clones, um, which mm-hmm. I'm intrigued again it's it's something we've probably already seen in that one uh but again in feloni we trust to a degree um he he hasn't steered it wrong so to i for this again we're assuming dave feloni is involved in the bad batch um just based on his involvement on the clone wars and things like that um yeah so it will be interesting to see how all this goes what i i'm wondering is Filoni and John Favreau seem to have this guiding hand a bit, and I think that's where they're going to. The, the they may to a degree start to play in a lot on this Mandalorian timeline, if we will. Kind of like Bad Batch may feel, feed into uh, what had previously happened. Right. I, I'm very much intrigued to see what in this post season two Mandalorian world where they've announced all these projects. Which is starting to sound very much like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they they planned on mm. that. I'm so intrigued to see what how things play out. Like the Ahsoka TV show for me is a huge one because we're going to get that beautiful Jedi uh, kind of lightsaber play um, in right. on yeah. screen on the on a level that we've only seen in movies. Yeah, Honestly, absolutely. It's gonna be amazing. Absolutely, and that it's such a great job in uh, in introducing Ahsoka yeah. as a character with with that wonderful lightsaber battle uh, back in in Mandalorian season two as well. Uh, one thing definitely I completely forgot to mention when I mentioned uh, Boba Fett. One of the most intriguing things for me about that is that Robert Rodriguez is taking on the a leadership role on that show. He's coming. He's becoming effectively the third showrunner alongside Favreau and and Filoni for that show. Uh, that's really interesting to me. I love Robert Rodriguez. I love what he's done with his movies and what he's been able to get out of production mm. on his movies. So I'm really intrigued to see what he does with Boba Fett on, on TV. Yeah, and the the whole documentary series for um, Mandalorian Season 2, uh-huh. uh, that that just was one episode. The, the, the bit for Robert Rodriguez's um, episode mm-hmm. um, where Baby Yoda was taken back by Moff Gideon um, – from the planet that whole episode um i think it was it maybe episode five or six um and yeah you see robert rodriguez's love of the character boba fett uh, in that it was really interesting um and and he he pushed the boat out for that episode as well from what um you you can see so that i think that's really positive yeah from from me can can you guys clarify something very quickly for me so uh-huh. the Book of Fett, which is the Boba Fett series, yeah, will more than will return in end of twenty twenty one. It is separate from the Mandalorian season three, definitely, and it is its own thing. So we are going to get a Mando season three, 
and then the Book of Fett, which is yes. The, so that will probably take place of Mandalorian in that kind of late, late kind of yearly spot. Yeah, they haven't confirmed any release for Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, all they've really said, and uh, again, you see this in the documentaries for the show, and I don't know whether you've watched any of the documentary, the making, yet, no. of, making of stuff. Uh, one of the things that's most intriguing about how they filmed The Mandalorian is that they're using a set for everything that they do. So they don't have to work, worry about location shooting. Everything is filmed pretty much on this set called The Volume, yeah. uh, which is now this amazing production facility they're building three or four of them around the world that disney are using for multiple productions so they will have much more opportunity even in the worldwide situation that we're in to be able to continue filming all of these shows what they have said as boba fett is is in production right now so uh, so that will they're they're definitely aiming for end of 2021 unless something major happens but mandalorian Potentially, they could be delaying Mandalorian Season 3 to have some of the other shows leading into it yeah. uh, and, and kind of bring it together that way. Um, but yeah, really intrigued. We don't even know whether the Boba Fett show is going to be taking place after the Mandalorian, whether it will be the story of how he got out of the Salak pit at the end of Return of the Jedi yeah. and how he got to the place he was. What we do know is Ming-Na Wen is going to be taking on, uh, going to be continuing her role uh, from Mandalorian in uh, another Disney show. She's basically been in all of the universes that Disney yeah. owns. So far, right? <laughs> it's so. fantastic. The wonderful Ming-Na Wen. Adore her. Uh, all I can say, though, is we are blessed with some amazing content coming. Not Absolutely. in 2021, in 2022, and going beyond. Um, yeah, not yeah. just on Disney, but in 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 all aspects. I think it, it, I, I can't wait for what what we can potentially watch and what we can potentially talk about. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Last last couple of ones that were announced were uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, which we knew was coming, but we know filming's beginning on that. I think in March of next year is, yes. is when yeah. the the announcement for that was. Um, that's really interesting seeing uh, that Hayden Christensen will be coming back uh, for that show. Again, we don't know what part he's going to play. The last time we saw Hayden Christensen in the role, he was in the uh, in the mask of Darth Vader. So uh, in the worst scene in cinema history. Uh, but, <laughs> poor Hayden but not Hayden, well, Hayden Christensen's fault. No, he didn't even do the voiceover that... I have been slagging off since I saw that movie, um, so uh, so t- definitely not his fault. But I, I think we determined that no is the hardest word to do dramatically. Yes, uh, that actually to, for what it is trying to convey when it's that dramatic no. Yes, exactly. And it, in the hands of the great James Earl Jones as well, it, it failed miserably at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. Hayden Christensen may be able to get his revenge. Uh, well, <laughs> his uh, revenge on the Sith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's exactly. Uh, so Go on, Hayden. So we know that Kenobi is set 10 years after uh, the events of Revenge of the Sith. So most likely it's either going to be flashbacks of Hayden Christensen before uh, that time or he is going to be walking around as Darth Vader. Intriguing. Uh, Lando also confirmed, uh, unfortunately, uh, very early preparation on this and no confirmation whether Donald Glover will return to his wonderful performance as Lando Calrissian. Uh, that it, He was one of the absolute standouts in the movie Solo, which I enjoyed. It was a fun a fun 
romp of a movie, but Donald, Donald Glover in that movie was so much fun, just eating up the scenery as Lando Calrissian. So, uh, so I'm intrigued to see if we'll get Billy D. Williams maybe reprising his role as well as the older version of Lando and uh, and see Donald Glover in there as Lando again. That'd be cool. I, I, I assume the reason for a lot of the non-casting announcements on some of these, like Moonlight on the Lando shows and things like that, it is my assumption is it is coming down to contracts have not been fully signed and yeah. they're slowly backing up dump trucks full of money to the <laughs> likes of Robert Downey Jr. and Oscar Isaac apparently is in discussions for uh-huh. uh, Moon Knight and uh, like I said, Don- Donald Glover. It's all just the dump trucks are so weighed down by the amount of cash and gold bullion. It just takes time to get to their the actor's house before mm. they can sign the contract. Um, and part of the part of what Disney and Marvel have been so big at doing is the announcement of who's cast in the roles yeah. is almost as big as the release date of a show. Sometimes, you yeah. know, uh, we saw with Tatiana Maslany, she was she was caught in a corner by an interviewer that was talking to her and absolutely knew she was on the show on She Hulk. And she could not confirm it because it's in her contract. She can't release that information. It's up to Marvel to release and to choose the time and date. So she had to say with a completely straight face, I've never even talked to them about that show. And three weeks later, (laughs) she's not, not only has she talked, she's already been in production. She's already setting up, ready to go for it. She's wet the nib and signed. But that stuff is so difficult. You know, every journalist knows that people can't confirm stuff that's not been released by the company, Uh, but they all try and catch them in their little loops and and tricks and and, uh, trip ups. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, we do have lots of confirmation. That was a really fun event, uh, given the year that was, that was out there this year where we didn't have any conventions. We didn't have any big releases. Uh, it's weird to say, that the shareholders event for Disney was a fun event for everyone. <laughs> exactly. It did give you flashbacks to that first episode of The Boys, season one, where we had Elizabeth Shue standing in front of a braying crowd of people telling <laughs> them what the share price for Vought Industries was. And everybody going, yay, your share prices have gone up. <laughs> it uh, really is uh, Disney. It is Disney. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. But they will make this year an entertaining year anyway. Yes. Uh, hopefully you've all found this an entertaining podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, fellow listeners. Uh, hopefully you'll join us for the rest of next year if you want to make if you want to subscribe to the podcast make sure you go over to tvpodcastindustries.com subscribe to us there you can also join us on our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries and if you want to tell us what you're excited about in 2021 you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com love to get your thoughts yeah exactly and of course we're on twitter as well at tv pod industries mm-hmm. Yes, but of course we would love you to help us keep the lights on as we go into a very busy 2021 um, with by supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Industries, where just a dollar will help keep these mics powered so you will hear our dulcet tones. And I will not threaten you with a good time, but I will threaten you that if you do not support <laughs> us, you will get me singing in the podcast. But if you support <laughs> us on Patreon, you will get me not singing. There you go. Interesting. We, we could do a we could do a run through all the musicals that have ever been put onto a film. Let's not do that. And, and Chris could sing his 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 uh, his points. Would you like to hear me sing "Defying Gravity"? Cacklewalling, if you will. Defying gravity. No, you will not. What about a cat on a hot tin reef? From 
Eddie Moore, that is. Because <laughs> that's what it would sound, sound like. It's not even Fiddler on the roof, it's Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I think that would be defying musical scales, Chris, rather <laughs> than defying uh, Yes, as Chris mentioned, uh, you can support us over on Patreon. If you go over there now, we have our first uh, five episodes of our Mine and John's discussion about Marvel 616. We're trying to get back into the Marvel Universe, so we decided to watch the Marvel documentary yes, on, uh, on Disney+. Plus. We did, and it was very satisfying seeing uh, fellow defenders right, again. Yeah. Yes, but we will be back for our next big show, as we mentioned uh, many times here. Uh, we'll be back after January 15th with our chat about WandaVision. Make sure you stay, stay subscribed, and thanks so much for listening. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, I threaten you with a good time, but it's still going to be a good time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow industrialists. Great chatting with you. Can't wait for 2021. Keep watching, keep listening, and stay subscribed. Bye. Bye. Bye.